With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts nfl total access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 nfl draft I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Bruce Brown, Bucks, Mavericks, Lakers, players, teams, all the trade talk we can stuff into an episode. All that's next here on the latest edition of This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boomshakalaka. This league uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Everyone, welcome in to the latest edition of This League Uncut. Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein, recording late on Monday night, which means we basically have two days and change to go until the NBA trade deadline. The buzzer sounds at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday afternoon. So, indeed, two days and change to go for the remainder of NBA trade season. And I'm guessing this is math that you guys really don't want to hear, but I feel compelled to repeat it because I do think it's important for context. We've had six trades already during the season. You expand that number to eight if you want to include Damian Lillard getting traded to Milwaukee right before the start of the season and the Blazers turning right around and trading Drew Holiday to Boston. So six to eight trades already in season. That's quite a bit of action. But look, I know how this works. If we don't have something significant this week, Everyone is going to say, this trade deadline sucked. It was a dud. There was nothing. And like, no, can't say there was nothing. Think about it. Just since September, we've seen Damian Lillard traded, 
Drew Holiday traded. James Harden traded on Halloween. Toronto traded OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. We saw Terry Rozier move. I and mean, we've we've seen quite a bit of action. But Chris Haynes, you know the masses and look, us two in the media. Everybody loves the transaction game. We always want more. We always want maximum trade activity. So I got to ask you what kind of week you foresee. I think we're going to get trades for sure. There will be multiple trades this week. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I just don't know that we're going to see another star level former all-star player move. DeJounte Murray to me in Atlanta is probably the best possibility, but things have certainly cooled on the DeJounte Murray front. And I don't know if there's enough time for them to spark up. Zach Levine is another former all-star who obviously is now not getting traded after opting for season ending foot surgery. So I just don't know if we're going to see a real headline move, but you tell me what you think. You know, Stein, I, I would tend to agree with you on just the, um, on how many more trades we have left. I do think there will be a few trades left. I, I'm not sure it will feature a all-star big name. DeJounte Murray is still a name that could be moved, but, you know, we're not hearing anything of significant substance leading up to February the 8th. You know, Zach Levine, obviously that him opting for surgery kind of removes him from the market. Um, you know, there wasn't much of a market for him in the first place. But, Stein, you know, it's, just, it's really a coincidence. And I haven't checked up on this. I haven't looked into this. I haven't asked around. So I'm not trying to make any connections. But, you know, mighty coincidence that, you know, opts for surgery right now with the deadline coming up and the well, team. Well, even if you're we not trying here, to make that connection, there are certainly people asking the question. I don't have the answer either, but the yeah. question is out there. Did Zach Levine opt yeah. for this surgery now to ensure that the Detroit Pistons back all the way from the table here? Because Detroit was, that was the one team that was engaged with Chicago to some degree. So I, I think the question is at least out there at some level. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty coincidence, but yeah, there, there will be, I, I think there will be some trades. I think there will be some uh, Bruce Brown is still a name that I, yep. I think will likely be moved before the deadline. Um, I'm here in New York. I have the, I got Tuesday. I got the Brooklyn Nets and the Dallas Mavericks. The Brooklyn Nets have a couple wing players that are intriguing a lot of um, teams out there. That's, gunning for a title shot, um, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Royce O'Neal, a couple of guys who, who intrigue. You know, there's a lot of teams looking for wing defenders. And so Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn is asking for, for those, for those players, Brooklyn believes that they can get a first-round pick from teams. So, um, yeah, it, it, it might not be big, splashy moves coming up, but they depending on the team, they, they could be moves that – might have a significant that might that might play a significant factor um, in the postseason and in the regular season stretch. Yeah. So with Dejounte Murray, we know the Hawks. We remember they gave up three firsts and a first round swap to get him from San Antonio. The Hawks are not going to get that much back 
when they trade DeJounte Murray, but they want to do, they want to get as close as they can to that. So the talk has been for a while now that Atlanta's hoping for two firsts and a player of quality in return for DeJounte Murray. And to this point, that offer has not materialized. So the big question here is two days and change to go. Is that market going to change? Is someone going to step up and give Atlanta two firsts for DeJounte Murray? You still hear the Nets with some interest, but I'm not sure the Nets are prepared to go that far. I'm still trying to get a clear handle on that, but I think the Nets are still in there to some degree. I think, you know, I re- I reported over a week ago now that the Lakers and Hawks, the dialogue between the teams had tailed off considerably. And one source at the time, this was late January, one source briefed on the talks went as far as telling me that they thought it was unrealistic for a Murray to Lakers scenario to materialize. And again, things can change fast when the Lakers and Hawks have talked as much as they have to this point. It only takes one phone call to get that sparked up again. But I do think it's instructive to remember that Atlanta had John Collins on the trade block for literally Four deadlines, four. So it is by no means inconceivable that after all of this DeJounte Murray talk that we've been engaged in for a month now, it's not inconceivable that Atlanta would say, you know what, we're going to wait. Because to me, DeJounte Murray and Kyle Kuzma in Washington, they strike me as two players that you would classify as difference makers who are theoretically in play this week and at least could be moved this week because we could come up with a much longer list of players who won't be traded this week, like your Jeremy Grants or your Lowry Markinins or your Donovan Mitchells, your Jared Allen's. None of those guys are getting moved this week, but is it a Murray trade possible? Yes. Is a Kuzma trade possible? Yes. However, both the Hawks and the Wizards are extremely motivated to maximize the draft capital they get back in a trade. If they're if Atlanta's given up DeJounte Murray this week, they want at least two firsts. And I believe the Wizards still want at least two firsts if they can do something with Kuzma, especially in Washington, because remember, Washington traded Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis without getting an outright first in either trade. This is all a long-winded way of me trying to say, DeJounte Murray's contract, $114 million over four years. Kyle Kuzma's contract, $90 million over four years, descending from $25 million in year one to $19 million in year four. Those contracts will still have value at the draft, in the summer, beyond. Those teams do not have to trade him this week. There is a case to be made, both for the Hawks with Murray and for the Wizards with Kuzma. There is a case to be made that, you know what? Wait till June. There might be more first round draft picks in play in June at draft time than there is right now. Bobby Marks from ESPN had the amazing stat the other day that 11 teams control 75% of the tradable picks in the coming June draft. It's just manufacturing first round picks right now is not easy. And Toronto is finding that out. You mentioned Bruce Brown, the Raptors made their trade. They sent Siakam to Indiana in mid-January, 
Part of the reason they did it was because they wanted to get Bruce Brown as early as they could and give themselves as much runway to try to trade Bruce Brown for another first round pick. And so the Raptors could say, we got four firsts for Siakam instead of just three, but you know, they're down to two plus days to get that done. The the Raptors do not yet have the first round pick that they've been trying to get for Bruce Brown. Not easy to do in this marketplace. And when it comes to the Hawks, you know, I said, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, you know, how the Hawks, they they don't feel any urgency of of making a a Jante Murray deal at the deadline. They feel mighty comfortable keeping them going through the season and reassessing over the summer and seeing if there is a stockpile of first rounds out there available to be had at that point. When you see teams like, you know, just, just throw the Los Angeles Lakers who, who have been tied to DeJounte as well. Like how desperate, how more desperate will they be if their season doesn't end, you know, end up the way that I'll just say this, the way LeBron James wants it to end. Um, you know, you have to think about what moves will he ask to be made or he don't even have to ask. What type of mood will he be in, which will lead to the Lakers going out there and, and trying to see what can be done and and getting other teams involved to try to to satisfy the Atlanta Hawks for a package that would include DeJounte. So, you know, the, and another thing with the Hawks as well is that you, you reminded everybody about how long Sean Collins was on the market. It seemed like for four straight summers he was on the market during the summer, trade deadlines, and they kept him. But this is a new regime. You know, this is Landry Fields in charge, but the ownership group still holds a heavy hand. And and so you wonder if Landry will be that, if he's willing to, to go that route. Um, I don't know, but, um, you know, it's, it seemed just, just from what little I'm hearing on substance, it, I'll just say right now it's not looking – it's not looking like as of right now. We're, we record this was Monday, February fifth, Monday night. If you ask me if Murray's going to be traded by tomorrow, no, um, and which would lead me to think that I don't know if anything can pick up by then. It could. All it takes is one phone call to start um, changing the situation. But you know, it's. The, the heat is not as burning as as what it what it was a, a month ago or even a few weeks ago. One team I think a lot of people are curious about is Chicago and what the Bulls might do. Obviously, a Levine trade now is unrealistic in the extreme in the wake of him announcing that he's going for season-ending foot surgery. I would say in recent days, the chatter about the Bulls has been Andre Drummond is the most likely current bull to be moved. I think that's the way most rival front offices see it. And there is a lot of demand for Drummond. I mean, who doesn't need another big man if you have playoff aspirations in a league where Nikola Jokic's team, they're the reigning champions. And Drummond has very quietly had a very productive season in terms of rebounding in short minutes for the Bulls. So I I don't think Chicago will have any trouble moving him for some draft capital. 
and this is hilarious, folks. While we're literally while we're taping this episode, Chris Haynes just tweeted that Tyrese Maxey will be competing in the three point contest at All Star Weekend in Indianapolis. Looking away from the screen, ignoring producer Ryan and I as I'm rambling on here about Andre Drummond. But now that you've put that tweet out, I guess I can get around to my long winded question. You know the Bulls well. You know DeMar DeRozan well. What DeMar DeRozan is headed for free agency. Could that be one of the surprises this week that out of the blue something happens where Chicago trades DeMar DeRozan? It certainly doesn't sound like that's in the ether, but I know that you know DeMar and his situation pretty well. So give me your forecast on DeRozan. Yeah, what I'm hearing is that I'm not hearing really anything on a DeMar DeRozan trade front, which leads me to believe he will be kept through the deadline. And um, I would think that both sides will get back to the table and start trying to talk about an extension. Um, you know, the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan, his agent, Aaron Goodwin, they had some they had some contact early on in the season. Both sides are far apart, and that still is the case, but – I think past the deadline, uh, they'll get back to the table, see if anything can be hammered out. Because as you mentioned, Stein, DeMar DeRozan will be an unrestricted free agent, and they they could risk losing him for nothing. I don't know if that I don't know that they want to put themselves in that situation. I don't know. You know, there are plenty of teams who have done it, um, have surprised us, and went along and, and let a big fish just leave. But yeah, I think they will get back to the table at some point, and. Uh, see what can be done from there. But yeah, no, I, I don't foresee a DeMar DeRozan trade occurring. Man, the Bulls are fascinating. Like their strategy, what they, they are so hard to figure out. Man, they came into the seat. We've been hearing about potential Levine trades since November. And obviously, look, the market wasn't there in today's NBA with the first apron and the second apron and the tax consequences for teams that have high payrolls. I mean, that's just going to limit the kind of trade market there is for a player like Zach Levine, who, if you've already got two max players and he's your third guy, I mean, you are just setting yourself up for an incredibly expensive payroll to bring him in. And that certainly limited the trade options. But I just, I don't know if we would have gone back to opening night when, remember, the Bulls were reputed to have a players only meeting on opening night. I just don't. I was there. I yeah. I don't know. I was there. I don't know what the Vegas odds would have been w- on opening night that after that team meeting that Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic that they're all in Chicago after the trade deadline. I'm yeah. not smart enough to know what the yeah. odds would have been, but that's uh that did not shut, seem like the likes. Shut this out, Star. I got a question to pose for you. The, that did not seem like the likes of scenario. The likely scenario would have been that we thought that Chicago would blow it up. So my question to you is, Levine at the time, when all this was going down, Levine at the time, we thought had a trade market. We thought, you know, DeMar DeRozan would, you know, be able to hit the market. He would have trade value as well as Vu. Do you feel like Chicago held on too long and – you know, past their time. Uh, do you think they played this I the don't right know where way? I mean, where are they going? Um, where is this team going? Like, it, 
if you re-sign DeMar DeRozan, I mean, this team has been scuffling for a play-in spot all season long. I just, you know, I mean, the silver lining to the season is what Kobe White has become with Levine out. Kobe White has looked fantastic, but I don't know what the end goal is. They still draw fantastically well, but where is this team in the East? Where is this team going? I would love to have, I would love to tell you that I have a, handle on their long-term strategy, but I do not. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we, we've been trying to gauge for this, this first half of the season is what, what, what are they doing? NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's stay in the Central Division because earlier on Monday, I reported that there have been some exploratory talks between the Bucks and the Mavericks that would have featured... Mm. Bobby Portis in exchange for Grant Williams. After my story published, I subsequently heard that Milwaukee would not be willing to do that as a one-for-one exchange, which does work salary cap-wise, but Milwaukee would not do that trade unless there was more in it for them. I was told that that particular trade conversation would not progress to something serious without some additional names added. But look, what it did underline is what I think you've been reporting as loudly as anyone in the league, how aggressive the Bucks are trying to find players who can help them defensively. The appeal there would be Grant Williams, despite a disappointing first season in Dallas. Grant Williams is a versatile defender, can guard a lot of positions, 
and Milwaukee's interest in him naturally would stem from the fact that they need to improve on the defensive end and Williams could theoretically help them there. But we know the Bucks are trying a lot of things and the reality is they can't do anything substantial salary wise unless they're willing to part with Bobby Portis and or Pat Connaughton. So because they're obviously they're 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 not they're trying to strengthen the core around their four main guys. We know Giannis, Dame, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, nothing is happening with those four guys, but just the Bucks continue to be described to me as super, super aggressive. I crossed paths with them in Dallas on Saturday night. And even though they came back from 25 in Dallas and won, there was an unmistakable, there's something going to happen with these guys vibe when I was around that team. Mm. What was it like being around that team? Stein? Well, you got, you got them, um, you got them in Dallas. And then they went and laid the egg the next day. The Bucks. Like I said, I, it just, it just felt so, uh, me like, Something, some, something's going to happen. There, there is going to be at least one move between now and Thursday at three p.m. Eastern, and I think, I think they know it. I think they know something is coming. Well, on, on something else, sticking with the Bucks, um, Stein, you reported it. You, you reported it, but we'll lay it on here. What is Doc? What is Doc planning on doing? Because I believe Doc is one and three as a head coach of the Bucks right now. But he is going to represent. Yeah, and you know what? Look, just to be clear, like, so before the game, I had a chance to interview Doc Rivers and the full interview. It's a short interview, but he actually, we got into some pretty good stuff just about his return to coaching and championships and everything. That discussion will run on my Saturday radio show, but it's like Doc didn't walk into the building announcing his plan to relinquish his all-star coaching share. I asked him, I asked him about it. He was responding to my question about it because the Bucks came into that Saturday night game against Dallas needing a win to clinch the all-star coaching spot. Because of course the Celtics lead the East, but Joe Missoula and his staff, they went to the all-star game last season. So they're not eligible to do it this season. So the Bucks came to Dallas on Saturday night knowing that a win would send their coaching staff to the all-star game. And I asked doc about it before the game and he was very sheepish about it. He said it's ridiculous and he doesn't feel good about it. And he actually told me again, you'll hear the whole interview on my Saturday radio show. He told me that he asked the league, can I not do this? I've only coached this team three or four games. He doesn't feel right being the all-star coach and the league told him doc you're." If the Bucks clinch the second best record in the East, you will be coaching. You will be coaching the East All Stars. So, Doc Rivers will be there, but the coaching share and the All Star ring, he is going to make sure that Adrian Griffin gets those. But I think again, I think people reacted to it like Doc walked in, you know, announcing this plan for effect. And no, I asked him about it. And post game, the Bucks won, so obviously he was asked about it. Okay, well, I'm glad you you set that straight, Stein. Uh, so, Bucks, right now, going through a tough period, adjustment period. I think we're seeing Doc Rivers starting to piece by piece implement his own schemes, and you know, he implemented a defensive scheme that that worked on Dallas, particularly on Luca down the stretch. 
One thing I want to note, you know, Dame was questionable for that last game uh, at Utah. Didn't play well at all. His ankle, his ankle was, uh, he was questionable with an ankle injury. He, he shouldn't have played. He probably, he shouldn't have played. You know, that, that, what I was told that, that, that ankle, it, it was bothering him. So we'll see how he moves forward with that injury in the games ahead. Uh, I'm not ready to report on if he's going to miss, miss any games right now, but. I just want to um, just say that, you know, that's a ankle injury he's dealing with. That just came up recently. What about the three-point contest? I thought your guy Dame was, he won it last year. And remember, he did an interview with us the morning of the three-point contest when this league uncut was just in its infancy stages. Dame goes out, wins the three-point contest. And I thought that that was going to be the last time we saw him on the three-point stage, and then last week you reported that he's he's back in to defend his title. What happened? Yeah, I was shocked as you, Arstein. You know, he said that was it. He wanted to win, and he even said it after he won the three-point contest himself that this was his last hurrah. He wanted to win the championship. Now he, he has it. Um, that's something that he, hold, he holds in high regard when you think about the best three-point shooters in this game, to have won that, to won that trophy. That was supposed to be it. I don't know what got him back in. I don't know if it's the just a chance to come, to defend the title. I don't know. I have no clue. But he's in it. And not just that, Stein. See, Stein? Dame has some good mojo. Came on our show. Day of, three-point contest, won it. Then you know our guy, Malik Beasley. I want to say, was he the first player we had he was. on? He was. I have he to say, the when the Bucks, when the Bucks were in Dallas on Saturday night, on one hand, I know you gave me very specific instructions to make sure that I speak with Dame while he was in town, and somehow, mm-hmm. you know, the Mavs Arena—that's like my house. Like I pretty much know every know. entryway, exit way. I have to admit to you, somehow, post game. Damian Lillard eluded me. I never got near him the whole night. I don't know how he escaped me, but I did not see him at all. But more than once. I know how you could have got him, Stein. Stein, I know how you could have got him. Well, it doesn't help me now. Why didn't you tell me then? <laughs> no, I, I, Well, I'll tell you when I go to Dallas. I know how you could have got him. If you would have went in the locker room, Stein, how about that? Go in the locker room, Stein. No, because I, I don't yeah. want, I don't want if I'm in the locker room, then I lose Stop. my little hallway tricks. That's the he's uh, he's the So this he, is this is an inside joke, guys. When I'm in Dallas, I always tell Stein, Stein, come in the locker room with me. Come in the locker room. No, I want to stay in the hallway. I, I see everybody come and leave here. No, I know where I'm like, Stein, just at least come in the locker room, get to know some of these younger guys. You know what I mean? Like, let them see your face. Because some a lot of these guys, too, that you don't think know you, they know you by well, face. Well, listen to this. If you and if you were in you. Dallas, if you were in Dallas for, for a Dame game, obviously I'm going with you in there. But no, like I said, I perch in my I'm in I'm in my little spot up spot, and I never imagined that Dame would find a way to the bus without me noticing, but he did. He did. <laughs> he got away from me. But that was all a long-winded way of saying that as I was watching Malik Beasley play, yes, I could not forget that you, you know, he is another player who has a, uh, he has a spot in the Haynes Pantheon and the distinction of being the first guest, the first player guest in the history of this show. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was, and so at that time, he was with the Jazz, correct? And he was this was a few weeks before he got traded. Yeah, to, it was right before Lakers. he got traded. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, he was pleading to be in a three-point contest then. Didn't make it. So he does a he does my BR live show, comes on. Same thing, pleased to be at the three-point contest. And now Stein, he's invited. He's invited. Malik Beasley will be in a three-point contest. Him and Dame have been talking trash all season about who's going to win, who's going to get the better of who. Malik Beasley is shooting the lights out percentage-wise uh, for the Bucks this season. So, um, you know, you got in this in this, in this this contest, you know, I reported it. Uh, I reported one. Let me see. Was it last week? I reported Jalen Brunson is going to be in it. I just reported during this podcast that Tyrese Maxey is going to be in it, Donovan Mitchell. There's somebody else out there that I'm missing, but um, I think there's about one one more spot left out there. You know, is Stephen Curry going to do it? We know he has his own personal three point contest going up against Sabrina, but will he enter the big thing? I would tend to think so, but I'm you know I'm I'm not sure. Tyrese Halliburton is another guy that's in it, and, and Laurie Markkinen. This Utah. is this so, is uh, not tweet worthy for you, but. I can also now confirm that I will indeed be in Indianapolis. I have finally arranged it. It is set and I will be there to hopefully make my way into the Chris Haynes orbit. Chris Haynes folks. He's got a stacked work schedule Friday and Saturday of all-star weekend, but Sunday before the big game, before he starts doing his various red carpet appearances and, interviews in the hallway with various all-stars. I am going to do my best to pull Chris away from the madness. And we are, we are going to get at least one episode of this league uncut done on all-star soil. That is going to happen now because I will indeed be there. That's big time. NFL total access. The podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, 
the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. That's big time. Stein in Indianapolis. That definitely is tweet worthy right there, Stein. Um, First of all, happy to have you. Indianapolis and the NBA and the league. I'm pretty sure they're happy oh, yeah, to have you I'm as sure well. They've been, they've been uh, up late at night wondering if I was going to make it. Well, they, I, I don't know if it's an all-star weekend without you. <laughs> yeah. But with that being said, Stein, with that being said, like, can, can you just walk viewers through, like, what is your approach doing all-star weekend? Like, what do you – like, because I have – as I've gotten older, you know, as you know, you probably get these invites to come – to this shoe, um, like Nike may hold something, Adidas may hold something. Then you have these different agencies; they they'll hold an event, and uh, and I would my first these last couple of years, time I've tailed off a little bit. Like I I minimize my plate because I have a lot more of a workload, with, you know, with TNT having to actually uh, I'm working the Rising Stars game, then I'm working the HBCU Classic on Saturday sidelines for that and then i'm doing um interviews during saturday night um, events the dunk contest and all that so i'm pretty busy so i had to kind of scale down like all the off-court activities that i would usually go to um so stein what do you do all-star weekend what do you prepare for just in covering the event and also take trying to take in what you can while you're there okay this is going to surprise you zero percent but Agency party, agency <laughs> parties, not a high priority on my list. High priority on my list in Indianapolis is I got to get into St. Elmo's Steakhouse at least twice before I leave town. That is a very high priority. <laughs> right. But, you hear this, right? Producer Ryan, you hear this. But, Go in, ahead, but in all seriousness, what I'm probably mo- – look, I always want to try to get to the Tech Summit on Friday morning because there are just a slew of heavy hitters from all over – the sports world. So I hope my schedule will allow for that. But honestly, I think what I'm most excited about is my dear friends from Panini trading cards and collectibles. They sponsor my weekly radio show in Dallas. They are based in Dallas. And this year I didn't even realize it until the league started announcing all the participants for the Friday night game. Panini is the title sponsor for the Rising Stars Challenge, which has 28 guys, first-year players, second-year players, guys from the G League, including Mac McClung, who we will see defending his slam dunk championship in Indianapolis after he told me earlier in the season that he was still thinking about it, deliberating about it. So I'm super excited to see all my Panini pals and get with them and see if they can help me get to some of these younger guys that you are always telling me I need to do a better job of trying to connect with. So hopefully with an assist from my dear friends from Panini, I'm going to meet a few more of these younger competitors in the rising stars field. And like here, you know, in all seriousness, Indianapolis is one of my favorite cities on the NBA map. I always love going there. 
And from the moment this all-star game was awarded to Indy, I've been trying to find a way to get myself there. And I'm just relieved in the end that I did come up with a way. But look, if we really want to go inside baseball here, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The all-star game, my last four years at ESPN, I covered the all-star game for ESPN radio. ESPN radio's all-star broadcast team gets the exact same access as the TNT squad. It's Chris Haynes level access. When you have that level of access to the all-star game, when you are on floor level, and then when you lose that and try to go back to the quote, real world is very, very hard. So I admittedly struggle with that because I remember how good I used to have it. Those, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, was it? Yeah, four, at least four years, maybe five. And I also in, in 2019, when I was at the New York Times, I got to pinch hit for a weekend and spend that whole weekend in uh, Charlotte with the ESPN radio. That was crew. cool. So doing, covering that the all-star cool. game at floor level is such an intoxicating experience, which is what you get to do. Once you've done it at that level, it is really hard to just go back up a hundred rows and be nowhere near the court. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the real there, man. That is, that's the real deal. A hundred rows. So you're spoiled, Stein. Yes. You're spoiled. I, that's what you're saying. I was Stein. spoiled. I mean, okay. I think my last, I think in that Charlotte all-star game, I mean, I was on all-star Saturday night. I basically got to sit right behind the bench. So when you're that, when you're that close, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's that's cool. I mean, you know, you'll be down there. So, yeah. Yeah. So Stein, real quick, you were talking about the rising stars. What does the rising stars consist of? What do you have to be again? It's you four, brought it up. It's, I, want you I to, think, you, look, I don't, I don't even know all the rules exactly, but basically there's 28 players. I think they divided into four yep. teams of seven. Uh-huh. Yep. What, Aren't what you, you covering it? Like, what are the qualifications? Oh, yeah, I am. But hold on. I'll, I'll, but I want to get. I want to get. I'm getting to something here. What are the qualifications of competing in this Rising Stars game? You're a first year player, second year player, or a G leaguer. Okay. All right. I'm glad you mentioned that. Do you know that's this is Scoot Henderson's third time? Yeah, being his in the Rising third, Stars game. His third and, Rising Stars. And, and don't game. you know he he will most likely be. There for a fourth time next year, and that's a record. Come on that, now, and that's how, a how many years that, can you be a rising star? That will be a record that's never broken. <laughs> He's a rising star vet. You, I, you know, four. It's going to be four years. He and was two years as a G leaguer. You're covering it, right? I'm going to ask him Friday. about that. Yes, I'm asking about that. I'm like, I'm like, hold on. You have the most experience out of anybody here. Like, do you have any experience to, you know, to pass down to your other rookies or other fellow first or sophomore, you know, freshman or sophomore players here? You know, I'm, I'm joking here, but yeah, I, I forgot about like this was Scoop's third, and he's likely going to get a fourth next year. Then he'll be done. I, I don't think you, I don't think you get a red shirt or extra year. I don't know if he can do that, but I, four years is pretty amazing. Four is enough. Four is enough, college. but there's no such thing as enough Chris Haynes. So get ready, America, because All-Star Weekend. Wife will say other, otherwise. All-Star Weekend, Go you're going to see a lot of him. All right, let's put a bow on this edition of this league uncut. We really didn't get to the Lakers 
and their trade deadline machinations. But something tells me that when we reconvene later this week, we will be talking about the Lakers plenty, whether they do or don't make a trade, because obviously all of that factors into the LeBron James calculus with what happens with LeBron after the season and his player option. And remember, as Chris Haynes has already explained to our audience, he's in New York all week. He's on the TNT sidelines Tuesday night for Mavericks at Nets. Kyrie Irving's return to Brooklyn, and then he will stay in New York to stay dialed in on this trade deadline. And Chris and I will get together again this week for at least one more podcast. Remember, as always, please follow the show, rate the show, review the show, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us as always. And we promise Chris and I back together again with you very, very soon. Take care, everybody. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.